Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Bear Guys and Tua T Fitness. Mike and Tom are washing their mouths out with soap because the Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Tremors Edition. Today we're talking about Tremors 5 Bloodlines. My name is Michael Schatz. I am from the How Dare You Awards. Joining me in this line of blood is Tom Stewart from Lonesome Whistle Productions. Say hello to the good people, Tom. Bigfoot in the Ozarks, possible gremlin in Fresno. <laughs> Tom is, of course, referring to Jamie fucking Kennedy. Yeah. Which is my note when he shows up in this movie. I just wrote Jamie fucking Kennedy. I wrote something similar. I said I'm 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 expecting the young new sidekick for Bert. I was not expecting it to be Jamie Kennedy. I was not expecting it. I I knew. So like you spoke to in the last film, I knew nothing about this movie going into it. <laughs> right. Had no idea what to expect. Uh, Tremors actually... 5 Bloodlines is a 2015 movie, which means it's more than a decade. Yeah. It's been 11 years since a Tremors movie has come out. And it's there was no information on the budget, by the way. <laughs> but it says $2.2 million in rentals. It was directed by Don Michael Paul. We referenced this in our oh. ranking yeah. uh, episode. This man is a professional fucking sequel director. Look at this. Listen to he this He bleeds list. sequel. Talk yes. about bloodlines. All right. First, for starters, just know that this is the writer of Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Okay. That's, their st- that's the jumping off point. Uh, he has directed two Jarhead movies. Jarhead <laughs> 2. Why would that be a sequel to Jarhead? <laughs> I know. Jarhead Law of Return. Oh my God. Why these have action-adventure sequels is beyond me. Jarhead he directed a Scorpion... A movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking psychological <laughs> trauma. Yes, I know. He has directed a Scorpion King sequel. Okay. Bulletproof 2. Okay. Wasn't that Adam Sandler and a Wayans? The original. Yeah. Did either of those make them in, into into the second movie? I don't think so. Maybe a different Wayans. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who can keep track? We need fucking cowbells on those Wayans. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they're always sneaking up somewhere. <laughs> He's directed a Taken movie, which I think was made for TV, and Kindergarten and Cop oh, 2. Dude, this is this is what got me. Do you what? want to tell people who the star of this Cop movie is? Two? Do you want to tell people who the star of that movie is? No, I need you to. <laughs> Isn't Go. it Dolph Lundgren? Is it? I think Dolph Lundgren is the... I need you to because the... I don't know. Oh, okay. I think Dolph Lundgren is the... Um... The oh, cop? No. I have to verify this now. Um, you carry on. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. 
No, you no, no you carry you you're the anchor man. You hold the show together. <laughs> I'm gonna look up if Dolph Lundgren was in kindergarten cop. He is. I'm seeing a photo right yeah. now. And is oh. that Bellamy? What's his I, name? Bill Bellamy? Could I believe be. so. But holy shit. I mean, I loved I love the logic of that. It's like oh, he's That's strong. Amazing. He's strong. He's done action movies. He's available. <laughs> but what did you say? Two thousand fifteen. Yeah, for Tremors it, five. No, I mean uh, Kindergarten Cop two. That's what we're oh. really talking about, Mike. <laughs> my my this, apologies. This whole this episode is just going to be about Kindergarten. Well, Cop. Kindergarten Cop two would be twenty sixteen. When was uh, Creed two? <laughs> Is this I, a I is say, this a fall from grace, or is Creed two? No, Creed two is after. Okay, so yeah. this Creed two rescued him from this. M- must have. It's not like an Eon Flux Catwoman situation where he does <laughs> he does possibly the best movie of his career and then immediately does Kindergarten Cup two. Okay, good. Oh, that's great. Wow. All right. Let's get into it, Tom. Yeah. This is my favorite movie, slim margin, over <sighs> number four. I don't get this. I really don't get this, Michael. All right. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Let me defend myself where there should be no defense. <laughs> I'll admit it. Here are the things that I love about this movie. Okay. One... I think Michael Gross is maybe at his best in this movie, aside from number three. That's I mean, a, number four. That's, you got to do better than that. That's a given at this point. Uh, I'm not done. Okay. Shut your pie hole. <laughs> <laughs> so. You fire farting son of a bitch. <laughs> I, okay. I think Michael Gross might be at his best. I think this is the best directed movie. I see shots in this movie that I find endlessly fascinating Mm. and fantastic. I also see lots of shit that's stolen or borrowed from other movies that I find delicious. Don't have a problem with that. Beyond that, I got to tell you, this movie has... Across the board, the best acting. And I'm including Jamie Kennedy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't you say Jesus Christ to me. Jamie Kennedy is fucking good in this movie. Yeah, he's a good... Yeah, okay. love him. I love his character. I think he's the perfect foil for Burt Gummer. As a piece mm-hmm. of writing, yep. their relationship has somewhere to go. Definitely. And all of that I infinitely respect and really love about this movie. You're not wrong. I know. <laughs> <laughs> As in what you're saying, I wouldn't I would contest practically none of that. I would just give different examples of of what's wrong with this movie. (laughs) What you just described are nowhere near the problems with the movie, is what I'm saying. Okay. 
that's everything that's I, I've got the similar notes I'm like uh, I love the fact that we've we've got this intergenerational conflict right which is a there's intergenerational gener, stuff mm-hmm. there's we are now in the world of sort of Twitter and self-promotion oh it's it's which is a big part of Bert Gummer now which I find delicious for his character. Well, and exactly this, where his character should go. I mean, the masterstroke of this movie is the way it begins and ends, which right. uh, is with a fake Burt Gummer reality TV show in the style of a Ray Mears or Bear Grylls survival program. Right. I mean, this this is one of the best. It's, like a, one... it's a combination of Bear Grylls and Tiger King. Yeah, well, it it comes across that way. And and my first my first thought was, you know, this hides a multitude of sins. You know, it's been over 10 years. Right. So we get all the exposition out through this device. We we it's been 10 years. So why the fuck are we going back to tremors? So we're, we're hanging it on something that people that is relevant to people that's contemporary. Um, we're also kind of subsuming all the political problems with Burt Gummer in this idea of like a survivalist TV show where, you know, it is a bunch of people who would happily have a fascist nation <laughs> doing the <laughs> presenting the show. And, you know, and also we get I mean, we've talked at length and we're not going to bore people again about reusing footage. Uh, in Tom, sequels. not a fan. Not a fan in general, but what's great about this is it's seamless because you know it's just like a it's just a clip it's a clip it's a meta clip package. It's a clip package within a clip package on a TV right. show, so seamless. And also, it's a really good hiding place for those terrible digital graphics, <laughs> <laughs> which do not look out of place on this very cheaply made TV show. Exactly right. And these are like over 10, you did digital effects that are like over 15 years old now. Mm-hmm. So, beautifully done. High point in the movie for me. Thank you. <laughs> and then they go to South Africa. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, you know, you know, we've gone to the past, so the only place left to go is to the cradle of humankind. Right. <laughs> it's, to, it's to Africa. Back to back to Africa. But well essentially but, but not in a racial sense. No, yeah, no. Towering hunk of dark chocolate. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you got Actual in front of that. Line. Your favorite movie in the series contains that line. I I mean, a worse at least that's in the at least that's through the perspective of a character who is portrayed as inappropriate. Correct. But (laughs) what I have more of a problem with is, like, you throw all these kind of racist horror movie tropes into a movie set in South Africa, and it just gives it a different meaning. So it's... Yeah, but I kind of thought all of that was with a wink. No... When you no, I think that's I actually disagree. I think that's unknowing. I think they just haven't thought through 
what the 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 racial political consequences of having the black guy die first in a movie set in a post apartheid South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> And and I don't think they've thought through separating the white characters from the black characters in the storyline and what that might mean in a post-apartheid South Africa. <laughs> True. Some bad stuff here. And a lot of casual racism as well. I actually think that the, uh, the formal racism is the least offensive part of the racism. <laughs> the idea that, you know, it's like, Ah, oh, we're black. You're black. I'm white. We can just joke about racial differences. Ah, I'm gonna punch you on the shoulder. It's like, no, no, that is not how things work when you have lived through racial segregation. <laughs> you're right about that. However, there are these moments too, where I can't remember. There's a joke about the Bushmen or something like that, and Jamie Kennedy looks over at one of the African American characters and goes, "That sounds a little racist." Oh, they on thin ice there. They really are. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. I mean, but to me, that was the wink. That was the... There's no fucking is way. Is it a wink or is it a band-aid? It's like, if Jamie Kennedy's saying this stuff, it becomes less offensive. And that's more offensive to me, that you're hiding behind this well-known scream jerk. <laughs> 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 a well-known son of the mask. And they kind of do the they they do the do similar stuff having rewatched the Scream movies um at the time of recording Halloween's just passed. Uh they, he's pretty similar function in the Scream movies where he's saying all the things that would now be considered socially taboo but in in the frame of a character who's just so jerky that he has no idea how offensive he's being. True, but, but you it was throw a South Africa time, in Tom. there. That's a this problem. is two. This is a long time ago, 2015. <laughs> I have a note. I have a note exactly speaking to that. Where the way he approaches Landy, who is, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I don't know even how to describe her. She works on the at the research plant. Well, she seems to be. Is that a different movie? A veterinarian <laughs> superhero. That's right. Okay. The way that Jamie Kennedy approach What's Jamie Kennedy's name in this? Travis. He, Travis, that's right. That is important. Travis he beca- Travis is, you're absolutely right. Travis is a, is a, is a, it's not just Jamie Kennedy on a bike. It's, it's Travis. It's Travis B. Welker. There you go. Um, Although when he is, Making all those jumps on that bike, I think to myself, <laughs> that is not Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> if it is, this film uh, needs to review its insurance policies. Yes. Um, when he's approaching her, I, I made a note uh, that said, I know it was five years ago, but this is still highly inappropriate <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to approach someone this forwardly. Right. Um. Yeah. So I have, yeah, I mean, to be honest, most of my issues with this movie are, are political. Uh, dramatically, I think it works just fine. Okay. I mean, I have notes on all, all the political problems of this movie as well. But once you set your movie in South Africa and everybody except your heroes are going to be white. And then anyone who is not will die. Yeah. 
because it's, you know, so yes, there are going to be lots of deaths. To your point, the clearly the one of the smartest, kindest, coolest characters in the whole movie dying first. Ah, that's that's you didn't have to go there, but I, you know, also you think no, because you love him so much and you love him in a quick span of time. Yeah. But also surrounding that death, surrounding that death is maybe my favorite shot in the entire fucking series. Go on. When that ass blaster is on top of the car and Mm -hmm. heads right towards and that. Oh, so I haven't even talked about this. This is the other thing that I love about this movie. This is the first movie that seems to almost fully commit to CGI monster characters but does it better than any of the other films to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, than any of the other films? Yeah. No. But in general, I'd agree your point. Certainly on the You're upswing. talking about Shrieker Island? Yeah, it's certainly on the upswing. But I, you know, shit in Shrieker Island might have the benefit of a few more years of technology behind it and, and show it. Yeah. It's very it's impressive. The, the shots in this movie are interesting and cool. The slow motion shot of that sh- uh, ass blaster coming right towards him is the coolest fucking thing I've seen in the whole series. Gummer on the bridge wearing the night vision, flash of lightning, the things crawling up behind, you know, on top of him, on top of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Cool shots. Like, I just remember, I just loved it. I mean, it's, it's certainly, to your point, it seems to be and maybe this is an authorship thing as well. It's like it's getting more... It seems to me that Bloodlines is way more comfortable with the idea of itself as a TV movie. Well, not in TV movie, a straight-to-video sequel than previous... And they just... it To me, you know, I found this list recognizably a video sequel. Um, the way it sets itself up, it starts with a TV show... Um, they talk about Breaking Bad and the Real Housewives. Yes, they. You know, you have you have stuff like the towing sequence, which is shot on GoPro, which could be like a sketch in an episode of Top Gear. Sure. And I think the digit the comfort with I'll dig- give you that the look of this movie feels more video than. And I'm not saying this in a pejorative way. I just think- Tremors Four felt cinematic to me. Yeah, but and it also al- felt that's also the imagery that it's trading off. Yeah, and and here we're doing almost the opposite. We're we're trying to associate this with the kinds of media that are, that are video related, uh, and I think doing it quite successfully. I, I I'm impressed by the way it owns the fact that it's it's a non theatrical movie and. You know, there's a little bit of extreme sports videos in there for sure, mm-hmm. um, and I think I think the comfort with digital probably is a byproduct of that as well. Just sort of saying, look, we're just leaving puppets behind, okay? This right. is yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> sorry, Jim Henson, but we're you know we're we in, are leaving the puppets behind. We're leaving the puppets behind. I think you know it's it's. But to me, what I loved was that. This movie did so well. Like, we've talked several times about how much we love the puppets. And this movie said, fuck the puppets. 
and I'm celebrating it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but so that, they but did it well. But it's about it, it's about having, you know, having directors, producers who are who are push, like pushing this as a filmmaking philosophy of yes you know we're 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 at best we're a tv movie <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't see ourselves as anything other than that and we should let the audience know that that's where we come in in the world of media sure all right so and i, they do, right. I think they do that gonna, wonderfully we're gonna take a break when we come back we'll delve into this deeper but just so you know on the way out one of the reasons I love this movie, my note is, this movie has got everything. <laughs> it's got triple Lindy graboids. It's got smoking hot doctor ladies with bow and arrows. It's got twists and turns. Tribal it's got, dances. Uh, I think the best crowd, or not crowd, ground movement. And it's got Jamie fucking Kennedy. You think about that during the break, and then we'll come back. That does mean it literally has everything. We'll be right back after this. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. And we're back. Tom and I are here, of course, discussing the 2015 film Tremors 5 Bloodlines. All right, Tom. As previously discussed, <laughs> graboids are discovered in the cradle of humankind, South Africa. Yeah. A clearly slimy businessman convinces Bert and his new protege slash cameraman Travis yeah which is also kind of a funny moment because Travis only convinces Bert to let him go by giving him an HK 91 which Bert then holds like a baby to his bosom (laughs) (laughs) but that of course goes nowhere because their guns are confiscated for three days why they don't decide to wait for three days is beyond me but they don't Yeah, that's the movie answering plausibility questions that no one's really asking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're not wrong. It does. It it really factors. I mean, it factors in to 
to a lot of things. It factors into the 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 plot because you know the tension is we've got to fight these monsters, but we don't have the arsenal. Right. It also factors in politically for me because you know, again, we're like have the the legend begins kind of liberalized the tremors take on the world but here we're very much identifying with that you know tremors three back to perfection uh sense of but bird is anti-government and he's right to be anti-government because all the government does is restrict your rights Mm -hmm. to protect yourself and the people around you and that's what's here. We're just doing it in South in Africa. In the form of giant worms trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. So, again, the, the government is the problem. The, you know, government rules and regulations are the problem again. So Under that umbrella of danger, I <laughs> might agree with Bert. <laughs> right. And the movie wants you to agree with Bert. That's yeah. how it does it. Um, I also like that they do say there's this line where Jamie Kennedy says, where's your plane? Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what the guy says. It's just like right over here. And he says, very good, sir. But the very next shot you see is on a helicopter. So for the briefest of moments, forgetting that they said the bit about the plane, I was like, did they take a helicopter to South Africa? I don't think that's plausible. One of the things I do like about this movie is the way that they, uh, the nice twist on the formula, making Burt Gummer the fish out of water. Yeah. That's a nice touch. I like the fact that there is a South African Burt Gummer in this movie. Mm-hmm. The grizzled bush pilot. He's great. He's um, just, you know, it's like, he ma- it's quite interesting because he makes Burt Gummer less Burt Gummer because he's a more extreme version of Burt Gummer. So Burt Gummer almost Not even feels Burt more... Gummer, upon first meeting this man, will spit in his own hand and shake it. Right. So it makes Which so in the time Bert... of COVID, it feels a little weird now, doesn't it? Yes, but they kind of they kind of Bert becomes more like Hiram in those moments, right? Just by giving you a dirtier, a dirtier old man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice, uh, you know, as someone who who just adored the shit out of the previous movie. It is nice that, and they don't need to do this because it's been over a decade. Who cares? Who even remembers? But they do have a few throwbacks to. The legend begins. The cult peacemaker and rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just lovely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Little, just just little nods that you know we're we're coming after. You know, this is that was the last installment, and well, speaking you know, we to the pilot because at one point Bert Gummer asks him, "Are you drunk?" <laughs> and he takes a sip of something and just says, "Not yet." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I so I really like that. Um, it's twenty minutes before there's a woman in this movie, Mike. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. So gains and losses. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean there is like I I in general I pray I I praise the idea of the movie dealing with the fact. That it's been, you know, like this. This is a very anachronistic film series. How do we sell mm-hmm. this to younger audiences? Yes, but sometimes I think it goes a little too far. He uh, when, when he's ta- when Travis is talking about free Wi-Fi in a coffee shop. 
part of me just thought like that's the equivalent of a scene in Tremors 2 where someone just shouts WrestleMania <laughs> which kind of does happen in Gremlins 2 the new batch but um <laughs> right you know but for the most part I think it's fine you know I like the Breaking Bad reference the Real Housewives reference um I think I am reading more comedic shit into this movie like you were doing for Karate Kid 3 interesting so I think um, you th- you think this is these are knowing. How is that just not carbon dating, stuff? Like remember, this is two thousand fifteen. We got to talk about Wi-Fi. No, I wasn't speaking directly to that. I was just okay. thinking more broadly about the the you know the problems with race. What you know, it's it's not great that I think it's Jamie Kennedy. Travis, that says, what's the Zulu word for ballin'? Yeah. Not good. But you also have scientists who are at some archaeological dig and adding bones or something to a to a glass vial that makes it turn into purple smoke, mm-hmm. which makes them look at each other and say, we're going to be on the cover of Science Magazine. <laughs> okay. And that's so, a compel- that's a compelling example there, Mike. I'm very impressed. You know, to me, this is, is. I think yeah, this movie so, is so you, playing you, you on think, a different level. You think that scene is the two of them going science, 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 yeah, science. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you might be right in that instance. You, you but then right. they also have this, you know, and to me, it's comedic. It made me laugh because they have like an art house death scene. <laughs> for those two characters with wine Wasn't that being... weird? Oh, it was I'm so I'm glad you found it weird, to too. I was like, I was like, there's so much sex in this scene. Yeah. And so little gore. There's two people taking a shower in the bush, but like behind a white towel, not towel, but sheet yeah. that is draped, bo- the, you know, around the, the, sticks. The PG-13 drape. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen and... this. We've seen this in The World Is Not Enough. <laughs> Graboid comes out, takes care of business. All the shots are in slow motion, hair with water, fluff, 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 fluff. You know, mm. some wine spilled in slow motion, blood spilling on the rocks. It's it, yeah. it it's a total art house take on a Graboid murder scene that to me is just hysterical. I don't know if this is linked, but um We've talked in the previous movies, apart from The Legend Begins, when, you know, they, they're, uh, they've they got the Western shtick to play with, so they don't really need anything. But the previous movies have all tried to relate the Graboid uh, or the Shrieker or the Ass Blaster to whatever the monster of the moment is in movies. So in mm. Aftershocks, it's Jurassic Park. In um, well, Jurassic Park is all over this fucking movie too. True, yeah. Uh, in in Back to Perfection, it's uh, dragons, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and here, you know, they actually say that they're like vampires. Yeah, they do. And if you you know if you if you dig into the period in which it's made, you've got Twilight, True Blood, you know, mm-hmm. the 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 kind of the the. The renaissance of the of the vampire, and I wonder if the sex is a response to that renaissance. as well. Renaissance, because you know vampires, as as 
is sexy, sexy time, John. God, I love how British you are. It's a... (laughs) With my French words. Um, (laughs) uh, But, I mean, that might be part of it as well, because their sex, you know, the vampire stuff is sex-heavy. Light on horror, heavy on sex. True. Yeah. Um, So I wonder whether that's part of it too. But certainly vampires are the way that they're recharacterizing graboids here. Definitely a part of this movie. It's, yeah, graboids. Bloodlines itself. Yeah. Yeah. But what did, what, what, what did you, uh, what was your reaction to this? I mean, it's deeper in the movie, but since we, we kind of alluded to it. The entire kitchen scene from Jurassic Park is full and front in this movie. Yeah, and and, and, and it I didn't think bother you... me. Again, I no. just sort of delighted in it. It made me laugh. Didn't bother me. Uh, and I think along with Back to Perfection, this this is a, a, a movie series that likes to wear its references on its sleeve. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think... absolutely. So it's just part of, you know, there's uh, they kind of, they paraphrase Alien a little bit, visually and verbally. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, you ugly son of a bitch. Son of a bitch, yeah. And, and you know, the, and the monster itself is getting more like the Alien Queen monster uh, in the way it's shown and, shown and be- the way the mythology is yeah, developed. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, freaking Rambo. Um... So it's just, and it gets it gets worse. <laughs> the next two movies are, are much are, are, I mean, even that you know the 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 quotable that I that I started with, Bigfoot in the Ozarks, Gremlin in Fresno. Mm-hmm. There's a sense that you know Tremors is a bit one of the ways in which we we uh, reignite people's interest in Tremors is to kind of identify it among the big monster movie franchises. So it's like mm. however many references we can make to these other monst- movie monsters, we can sort of like slot ourselves in um, to that part of cinema. So I think it's consciously doing that all the time. That's interesting. Um, but I don't have a problem with, you know, I don't have a problem with any of that plagiarism because I think that is, I don't know whether the humor, the political political stuff is knowing humor but i think this i think the the intertextuality is knowing humor definitely okay. so but when they do you know they do it with tv as well same thing sure um i want to talk to you about i did some you something that you said earlier on which i don't necessarily agree that this is michael gross's best burt gummer performance but if you were to show me one scene that would prove your case, it would be Bert in a cage. I was just going to say, it must be Bert in a cage. <laughs> it is fucking hilarious. It is so It's so funny. delightful. It is so funny, you forget that it is based on the idea that he has a camera in there. Yeah. Which is physically impossible. But it is such a funny bit. I can see myself as, what's his name, Don Michael Paul? Like someone going, you know, there's no way he could have a camera in here. Like, the angles are all wrong. You'd see the camera. And he'd be like, fuck it. It's too good. We're not losing it. 
Well, I thought the idea was because in one scene you see Jamie Kennedy like strapping GoPros into the inside of it. No, he can't. He can't have it. It doesn't work. He he just he can't have it in there. But it's irregardless, uh, which is not a real word as was... we <laughs> found <laughs> out. <laughs> Which is now technically a real world, but the world knows it's not a real world. Yeah, right. Uh, that, that'll that let you know what time we're recording. We, do, we like to give little kind of historical nuggets to let you know when this is being recorded. Um, and congratulations, President Biden. Um, yeah. I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd uh, do something to try and mask where we actually are there. Put it uh, out in the that world. That could be anywhere within, you know, November. Um... Where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, irregardless, <laughs> it's a great scene. He's great in it. It's one of his defining moments. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's pouring piss I... on himself. He's drinking piss. A lion is pissing on him. And I love the fact that when we get to Shrieker Island, this is like the first thing they call back to. With yeah. Bert Gummer. This kind of like, Bert gone Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> right. It just works. If I was writing a tre- if I was writing a Tremors sequel, and we will be, spoiler <laughs> alerts. In in about two years, we'll get yeah, round to sure. get round to doing a picture sequel. You know, it would be like Island Bert would be top of my list. No, oh, absolutely. No, yeah, me too. So, I think he's done better stuff in other movies, but. Well, I think his Not work in the previous film, I think, to be honest, you know, what, the thing I really love about The Legend Begins and Tremors 4 is his performance. I, I think he's a marvel in that movie, and I just love him in it, that he has an opportunity to pre-gummer gummer. Yeah. Uh, is wonderful. And so, ju- and, so and overall, show- that's probably my favorite performance of his. Got it. But that's not Bert. No, it's not Bert. And what do you think? Go ahead. What do you think about the the revelation that he was a a free love hippie? Well, I don't think that is the revelation, but really, no. Isn't he was that... in Florida for a gun show, Tom. Hmm. The fact that he betted. Okay. A free love so he hippie was... doesn't mean he was a free love hippie. He just wanted hippie poontang. Right. That's a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I kind of thought that, that they were going, they were doing a little bit of a revisionist backstory as a kind of failed liberal, which I kind of liked. I like the idea that you know what in the eighties with Reagan, he just abandons his liberal principles. Maybe I'm reading too much of of Hiram into him. Maybe. And that's the problem I, I with didn't watching get these that movies from in it. sequence. I didn't get that sense from it. I got the sense that, because he says he was there for a gun show. Yeah. Okay. But he met this woman, and this woman. But that's also one of my favorite moments for Shrieker Island. Which is oh. well, we'll we'll save that reveal for that. We'll reveal. say that I I I don't know what you're talking about, but I agree with you. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, and again, I suppose the bigger revelation is the family connection. Yeah, so listeners, spoiler alert, Jamie Kennedy turns out to be Burt Gummer's son. D- 
Did you know that? And did no. you guess that? No, I didn't either. No, that's yeah. a good. They did a good job. I they thought did they did job. really well, and and considering how heavily they leaned into it, <laughs> so much. <laughs> you thought we would have picked up on it. These two sophisticated film goers just yeah. like can't see the writing on the wall. <laughs> I mean, Jamie Kennedy must have called him pops two dozen times before we find out he's his fucking son. And he turns up out but of But we just thought he was he being requests. ageist. Yeah, we just thought he was being ageist. Uh, yeah. But you have you have him calling him pops, you have him you know, he's got this moment where he says, Hey, gummy bears, wait up. Don't you call me that. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I suppose that the 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 deflection that they do, uh, which is kind of I think quite good, is that it is that they just make it intergenerational, so it's a young guy giving an old guy shit about how old he yeah. is. And that's where that's where they went, you know, that's they they took the right turn at the fork in the road where they it was a generational thing or a generational not argument but that was the source of their conflict mhm and i so, mean it, it it's it's uh it's kind of like those late Roger Moore Bond movies yeah right where they they're addressing that the actor playing this role is aging significantly uh, and yet, there's still a lot more movies to go. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we have exactly the same thing here. Uh, not that Michael Gross is aging badly at all. No. Um, but they just they make it part of the story. Uh, and I think yeah, I, I mean looking looking back at it, it's probably a little bit of a red herring to to put you off the scent of the family connection. Yeah. I mean the fucking movie's called Bloodlines. But they cover it because they at, there's a point where they're looking at the cave and Gummer is saying, oh, my God, the Graboid is protecting the bloodline of the eggs. So yeah. it's all genius, Tom. Well, they definitely I was really impressed with how they thematically dovetailed the the Graboid family connection with the with Bert and Travis yeah, finding out absolutely. that they're related. Just um, another thing to love about this movie. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll you always talking. cut you always cut me off as I'm about to say something that will devastate your argument. <laughs> when we come back, we'll keep talking about how fucking great this movie is. Not if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> Stay tuned. Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out 2 a T Fitness. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. 2 a T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you 
for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back. Tom and I are both here finishing up talking about Tremors 5 Bloodlines, the 2015 movie that he is not nearly as enamored with as I am. All right, Tom, I keep interrupting you, telling me how fucking awful this movie is to go to commercial. Yeah. Have at it. Um, I think I... I but think first, I... let me just say... Oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, go ahead. No, 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 no. It's, it's... I, I got my I got my major my major beefs out. Um, so not enough to fill three full segments. I understand. <laughs> I have more to say. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I don't mind this. I don't mind this at all. We split the difference on good and bad, but it's right up at the line. Um. Yeah. I. I I mean I had the same again. This didn't this didn't bother me uh, in Back to Perfection particularly, but again the same uh, the same thing when it comes to the treatment of the graboid as an animal, you know, in inverted mm-hmm. commas. That this movie goes pretty far to make you know remake the image of the graboid as a family unit, right? Yes, which inherently makes them more sympathetic. And then they are ruthlessly <laughs> slaughtered. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, it's it, and then this, but tonally that makes sense for this movie because this is this is a movie that chooses to kill, you know, a sympathetic black character before it kills off a white South African poacher. So this movie's or politi- his asshole. Yeah. The 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 guy I just referred to as goggles. Yeah, that so that really kind of sticks on my craw a little bit that that a movie would prioritize like that, um, especially in a movie set in South Africa. But you know that's not that's not new. And I I you know as we said with Back to Perfection, I think there is it is it is it a racial problem though, or is it yes by design? Yes. Well, okay, we'll say yes, but. Like egregiously and purposefully, because couldn't you make the argument that they are trying to build sympathy? I don't think or, I, or shock or surprise the audience. This character, because I really love that guy. I I, th- I don't character. think it's I don't think it's and pub- to see him die so soon, I was I was surprised and upset by it. I don't think it's purposeful. I think the racism is latent. And they just haven't thought through the consequences of setting this movie in South Africa with its loaded racial history. That's it. Okay. Um, so I think it's the lack of attention to detail to what it might, what the kind mean. of cross fertilization of the horror tropes of the black guy dying first with South African history means right. to us as viewers. Um yeah, but and, on the and, bright side, you've got Jamie Kennedy in a cave doing Die Hard dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I don't come yeah, to I, South Africa. We'll have a good time. It's so that that's that's my that, have some laughs. Those are my major problems with the movie. 
Uh, I don't mind the, the plagiarism. I don't mind... Um, I like the setup, the storyline. I wish it wasn't South Africa, just because that creates a very specific problem. But I... And this is where I think Shrieker Island is a kind of improved version of this in, in many senses, is just taking that tropical setting and doing something with it that is is more kind of interesting by putting it on an island as opposed to a landmass like South Africa. It changes things in a good way. Um so I kind of I just I just sort of struggled with how sp the specificness of that setting. I love the idea of a generically tropical setting. I think that's exactly where this franchise should go. I just think yeah, but it opens up the opportunity for more African American actors to work. Well, not that you couldn't put African American actors in any of these sequels. Yeah, except maybe the previous one and have it make sense for the, you know, there's I don't there's think, no reason you couldn't. But and, I, you know, I just I don't I don't think in addition to that, I don't think they're trying to conceal the fact that they're, tr they're doing, you know, they they're doing Africa as an exploitation of Africa. Like the tribal, I think... the, the tribal dancer scene, it's like. You just, you know, you want it. You want to have the exotic. You know, you just want to have the exotic. And I, I like, I what I like about Shrieker Island is it's kind of codified in terms of uh, old monster movies, like King yeah. Kong. Of course, King Kong has no racial problems, as as we both know. Um, of course, it's a perfect counter argument because King Kong is is as politically progressive as it gets. But. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, there's weirdly that is less prob less problematic for me than this. Here's a shovel. Start burying yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think. But I also so think you might be women, wrong. I don't know. Women, I race, think... animal rights. That's my beef. Those are my beefs. Uh, they're all perfectly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't discount any of those beefs. Although I wasn't. But it's I... all surrounded by great shit for me that yeah. I love. And on top of that, I don't think the idea was, oh, I know, let's go to South Africa. I think, and this is, I think this is borne out because of the next movie, which is set in Canada, but also shot in South Africa. So I think what happened was they found a cheap way to film. Yeah, yeah. They could film in South Africa and do it in a cheaper way or more cheaply so that... I think they were looking to save dollars and built around that. I agree with you, but that just goes to my argument that that you know it's like Bush in Iraq. You know, you you're going you you're going there without thinking about the history of the country. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, all right, all right. Let's not. <laughs> no, no, you you you're going out there, but you're not thinking about the history of the country and what that means to the people you're sending out there. And this is the movie that I'll completely agree with. The movie equivalent of that. I absolutely just by virtue of casting Jamie Kennedy, <laughs> you're probably right. Um, but I still contend that Jamie Kennedy's good and fun in this movie. But then, but then I think you know to to let to layer on top of that. By the way, I'm not saying Jamie Kennedy is a searing, terrible racist. 
No, his character is. I'm just saying, yeah, exactly. To your point earlier, some of his characters might have that problem. So that's... In a vapid sort of he doesn't understand kind of way. Yeah. But uh, so it's it's definitely, to me, it is an oversight. And yeah, they pick South Africa for economic reasons. Great. But you think through the consequences of making that decision. And I, I just don't think they did. And to me, that's consistent with the hardly any women in this movie and, you know, when they're seen, they're kind of preyed upon, um, you know, really retrograde attitudes towards animal rights and hunting and things like that. That all just feed and, and, and that we're, that we're, we're kind of defaulting back to the, the Burt Gummer as uncomplicated hero trope. Mm hmm. That all seems to fit with me with with a kind of philosophy that I don't that doesn't jibe with me. Um, that which is not to say that 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 that's irreconcilable with a good movie because Back to Perfection has that too, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But for this one, it didn't quite what the good that is there didn't quite offset. The, the bad that it's doing in the world. So, but it is. It's right You're up to the line. Me sad, Tom. But it's. But that's. I mean, that's a. That's pretty. That's a pretty moderate position. No. I'll. I'll flip. You know, I would happily flip to good on this because there's enough good in it to defend it as a good movie. Um, yeah. It. I mean, it is not a cold day in hell. No. That movie has structural problems. Well, and I think this you know does, the, this, this structure of this movie yes, is fine. Absolutely it's fine. fine. And I think the other thing for me was, you know, it's kind of the same as the previous movie, The Legend Begins. I I don't know after watching four of these movies <laughs> and enjoying. <laughs> All four of them. And then going into the fifth one, yeah. I thought to myself, look, this movie's 11 years later. Right. It's, it's going to be a huge piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. And to, so to see the production value raised to the level it did, to see CGI where I would never have wanted it before and only wanted puppets, but yeah. to see it used and like look so good, to see actors who, for the most part, always actually look like they're present in the moment, Mm -hmm. which I don't see in the other movies. Really? We haven't talked about that. No. I mean, in the other movies, I think there is good acting, but I also think there's bad acting. We've talked, we talked about, uh, what's that first goose name? Grady. Grady. Um, Terrible. Fred, Fred Ward, I wouldn't say he's bad, he just looks confused. He's just misplaced. Yeah, he's, he's misplaced. He's, that's not the character to bring to the center of this series. Clearly, clearly it's Bert Gamma. Yeah. Who knew? The the uh what's the character's name in the in the third movie? The Huckster. Jack. Action Jack. You can tell how much I like these characters not a great because actor. I remember their name. Hey, oh, I don't know about that. I think he plays that great. I think he plays it okay. I think he plays it really well. And I think he gets better as the movie goes on. 
I think he's just a, d- a dumb, vacuous character, and he plays it in a dumb, vacuous way. But you could say the same about Jamie Kennedy. I believe everything Jamie <laughs> falls out of Jamie Kennedy's mouth. Yeah, and that's I, why they cast I, him. I gotta tell you, I marvel at how good I think he is in these movies. Yeah. I mean, he's doing a total Jamie Kennedy shtick kind of thing, but I believe him in the moment throughout the whole movie. So all of that rose to such a level of surprise for me Mm. that I think I ended up ranking this movie maybe, you know, higher than it deserves. No. My favorite in the series is probably the previous movie, but... My, my The shock of how much I like this movie was so great that I put it at the top of my list. But here's the thing. I don't disagree with a word of that. Here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> Is the, the amount of thought we have put into <laughs> no, I the quality of the movie Tremors 5, colon, Bloodlines has to be beyond what anyone else has done in Western history to this movie. Now... Including the people who made it. Right. And that is... <laughs> but that's not just a reflection of us and our weird pursuit. It is. But <laughs> not just a reflection. It, it's it's an example how, of... It's an example of our psychosis. Yes, yes, yes it's absolutely... It'll be, it'll be in the... You know, the trial will use it as evidence, for sure. Yeah. But... <laughs> It's about how the 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 highs of this series. Right. I mean, you know, this is not like I went into this thinking, you know, I won't even be able to tell the difference between these sequels after a point. Like what was in what movie? Nothing mm-hmm. could be further from the truth. Further from the truth. Because right. I, I'm I'm now judging this against, you know, Tremors four and three, and that's where. My, you know, that's where all my beefs are all relative to those movies. <laughs> that's why I'm not willing to give it a pass on the racism. That's why I'm not willing to give it a pass on, um, you know, uh, not effectively integrating Bert Gummer's awfulness into a coherent structure. Like, that's, that, that's what I'm judging it against. Um... Because you just you're basically you're coming on, even though it's like over a decade, you're coming on, and we can't we 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 have not watched the movies in that way, so we don't see that gap in the same way that people True. watching the time would see it. But you are coming off two near perfect sequels, I think. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, I, I... well, I Tremors Four is. Yeah, I, I, it's almost flawless. I, I love the movie, and I love the the number three too. But those movies could not do more to justify continuing the series than they did, and so I'm poking holes based solely on the quality of those movies, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I. I don't really know what to. I don't, but I don't think if you dig into, you know, if we watch those Jarhead movies, and would we be thinking the same thing? Has has society just got video sequels wrong, or is Tremors the exception to the rule? I don't know I anymore. I think it's the exception to the rule. I don't I know anymore. 
I think it's the exception to the rule. I don't know if Kindergarten Cop 2 is better than the original. I don't know. I do know. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's where we're standing on this, but it is... But having said all of that, yes, like, these movies are the sort of greatest guilty pleasure surprise of in my recent movie life. But I would... That's, that's the thing, like, I probably would... Hmm. I might watch this as a guilty... I might enjoy this as a guilty pleasure movie if the previous two movies weren't what they were. I might conceivably... Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I like trash. And I like exploitation. And and those two things are very forefront here. Well, see, and I think that's what I was responding to. I think I, I was getting the wink at me that you weren't seeing in this movie well i'd seen the wink done much better and that's so it wasn't quite a wink it was more of a facial tick (laughs) basic basically tremors screws itself (laughs) for the people watch if you're watching it in sequence which we may be the only people who are doing that in the world uh, right. one, one after the other, you know, unless, unless you know, you can't turn your AMC off for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that we just, you know, to see it in that light, you're just like, it's just strength after strength. And then everything that just goes below that level that this series achieved is a misfire, <laughs> which is ridiculous because it's a perfectly enjoyable movie. All right, I'll put it into the parlance of Gummer himself. I'm going to say, Tom, I copy what you're saying. I think you're AWOL on Tremors 5 Bloodlines. Nice. Because you think I'm KIA based on my love of the movie, and you will not evac from Tremors 4 and 3, and you think that there's going to be an AB invasion in our next movie. Done. <laughs> I just had to find a way to put down all these fucking acronyms that he's, you know, in one sentence he used, you copy that, mister? AWOL, KIA, EVAC, AB, and Invasion. I was like, fucking Burt Gummer at 11. It's not, I, I just, I, yeah, I don't want to uh, rake over old ground, but but you will. I like. I also like the where where this. Um, well, we will talk about this, so it leads directly on in the next episode. But where where this movie leaves Bert and Travis's relationship, with regards to kind of accepting him as his son, but still not letting that interfere with his ego as a professional, mm-hmm. is just a really nice place to be, especially. Yeah. And this is the remarkable part, especially if you're you're not going to abandon all these things for the next movie. Right, exactly. I mean, that's the first time that's happened, really. That yeah. we haven't just immediately abandoned everything we've established. Which we will talk about in our next episode, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Do they call it Tremors 6? Or it's just Tremors, no, it's A Cold just, Day it's in just Hell, Tremors isn't it? Cold, which is, you know, if you go by your How Dare You Awards logic... We're already in trouble, right? Yep. 
before don't abandon the numbers before that universal logo comes up you're already in trouble <laughs> all right for tom stewart of lonesome whistle productions i am michael Schantz from the how dare you awards we will see you next time for a cold day in hell say goodbye tom <laughs> there's no need to be cold you're filming in a desert see you next time everybody <laughs> <laughs>